Hello, friends. Sleep Tight Stories, Sleep Tight Relax, and Sleep Tight Science are now available to play on Story Button, the device that makes it easy to listen to our shows and more without having to use a phone or tablet. This month, you can save $10 at storybutton.com when you use the code SLEEPTIGHT. Story Button, the home of imagination. Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. This is part three of our story about Red. Remember, she has told her class that she is from Mars. Mars, Pennsylvania, she said quickly. After her day at school, trying to stay away from Charlie, she finally gets home. When Red walks into the house, she sees two mountainous people waiting in her kitchen, dressed completely in black. Mom says, Red, we need to talk. Transfer Student, Part 3 Hi, Mom. Uh, what's up? Red said hesitantly. Red, this is Ms. Misty and Mr. Shade of the AID Bureau. They are here on a friendly visit and would like to ask you a few questions. Nothing about these two looked friendly, Red thought. In an abnormally deep voice, the larger of the two spoke first. Hi, Red. I'm Misty from the AID Bureau. Are you familiar with the work that we do? Not exactly, Red said, following the scar line from the top of Misty's hairline as it disappeared under her sunglasses. Okay, well, AID stands for Aliens in Disguise, and we are in charge of security for all people coming from Mars to live here on Earth. We are part concierge, part support system, and a little bit like the Secret Service. Oh, okay. Red said with an eye roll. Sure, concierge, sure. You don't look like any concierge I've ever seen. Though, I don't think I have actually seen any, she thought. Anyway, I have been notified that you have broken protocol with regards to your relocation here, Misty continued, without really opening her lips. I am not sure what you mean, Red mumbled. Well, okay, to be blunt, you told a group of people that you came from Mars. The room was quiet for an uncomfortable length of time. What? 
How could you possibly know what I was saying and to whom? Red said, breaking the silence. The center of gravity seemed to shift in the room as the large mass, known as Mr. Shade, looked like he was going to speak. Where the sound was going to come from, Red was not sure, because where a mouth would be on most people was just a thin, pale line. A line surrounded by muscle. Who has muscles where their lips should be? In an abnormally high-pitched voice, which still seemed like it had the ability to shatter glass, Mr. Shade said hesitantly, We have the means to monitor the communication of those under the protection and service of the program. You have been listening to what I have been saying? said Red incredulously. No, not exactly, said Mr. Shade. How is this even possible? Well, I'm not at liberty to say, but needless to say, we take your security and the security of the program very seriously. Red's face turned a brighter shade of red. Red's mother interrupted. Now, Red, calm down. There is nothing gained from raising your voice. We all knew that when we moved here, that certain sacrifices would have to be made over the short term, at least until we are completely settled and integrated within this society. Well, what's next? Listening to my thoughts, mumbled Red. Misty continued, I can assure that everything we do is in your best interest. Red raised her left eyebrow with a look of doubt. Red, can you tell us what you said and to whom? We need to ensure that we have a convincing story if people should inquire. Misty continued, As you know, few people here on Earth know about the Mars Project, and for your safety and the safety of others, we have to keep it that way. Is it the security of the program or the safety of the people? Red thought before she answered. She wasn't so sure these officers, if they were officers, had her best interests at heart. It was just a slip of the tongue. When I was asked to introduce myself in class, I said I was from Mars, but... But I backtracked and told everybody I meant Mars in Pennsylvania. Red's mother sighed. Ugh. Are you sure you only mentioned it this one time? Mr. Shade asked. Yes, it was a one-time mistake. And no one believes what I say or listens to me anyways, Red said. Red, don't say such a thing, her mother retorted. Well, it's true. If I didn't have such unique taste in clothes, no one would notice me, she said with the redness in her face changing to a color representing her feeling of having lost. 
Okay, I think we can deal with this this time. We haven't noticed any unusual online chatter, and we are conducting contact tracing to ensure no one in your class was convinced enough to tell others. But please, Red, remember your script. Remember how important this program is to many people, said Misty with a somewhat concerned tone, unbefitting of such an imposing person. Yes, yes, Red said with a sigh, and just wanting this whole conversation to be over with, so she could go up to her room, lay on her bed, and forget she ever arrived in this small town. Thank you for your cooperation, started Misty. We can see ourselves out, finished Mr. Shade. Ms. Misty and Mr. Shade then made their way out of the kitchen, almost hitting the ceiling light, and with the floors creaking under their weight as they went. They walked unbelievably quietly, like mice, as they disappeared out the front door. Now that they were gone, the atmosphere in the room seemed to shift. It was brighter and lighter, like it always was, at least before those incredibly large people were here. When she knew they were gone, Red's mother, face red from embarrassment, started talking. Now, Red, we've been over all this so many times and you agreed that you would follow the script that we had to follow in order to live here safely. We've rehearsed everything over and over and over. Don't you realize how important this is? Don't you understand what would happen if everyone knew where you were really from? The implications of such a thing? But it was simply a mistake. Don't you always say, we all make mistakes? Retorted Red, trying in vain to defend herself. Her mother replied in a slightly more serious tone. I also say, we need to learn from our mistakes. And that's what I want to make sure happens here. Moving to this small town is a great opportunity for us all. It's a fresh start. The air is clean. There is so much green. And you get to excel at something other than science, math, and engineering. And your father's work and my work is too important to make more mistakes, said Red's mom still with a serious tone with the added look on her face that all moms make. Though serious, she cared. Red wanted to say more, but just as she was about to, Red's little brother came bouncing into the kitchen, hair sticking up in the back, with a face sticky from who knows what, and asked, Anything to eat? I'm starving. Ugh. You are always starving. 
Red left the kitchen and made her way up the stairs to her bedroom, where she promptly kicked off her sneakers and plopped on the bed. She let out a big sigh. Oh, why did we have to move to this place anyway, she thought. I miss my friends and all the fun we used to have on the outer rings. And how creepy those large people were from the AID. Was it really necessary to wear sunglasses in the house? And why would someone choose to wear all black? And why were they so big? I know my parents always want the best for me and think I will have more opportunities here in this small place. But I was so happy. And the worst part is that I am not even allowed to talk to my old friends anymore. All this super secret stuff seems so silly. I mean, everyone knows everything about everything almost forever. But something about Ms. Misty and Mr. Shade bothered her. All the people in the program, all the people on Mars were just like her mother and father. Scientists, researchers, geeky and generally not very muscular. There was nothing really secretive about what anyone was doing. And though I knew that moving here was not something we were supposed to talk about when we got here... Everyone knew about it on Mars. Maybe I'll have to do a little spying myself and see what the AID is really all about. But first, I think I want to lay on this bed forever and fall asleep. And when I wake up, be back in my old bed, in my old house, and be able to hear the pings on my pad telling me my friends are sending me messages. Then her keen sense of smell noticed the aroma of fresh pancakes, the smell of hot chocolate. Her mother was cooking her favorite food again. Then... Her stomach betrayed her as it made loud, gurgling noises. She jumped out of bed just as she heard the sound of her mother's voice saying, Red, come down for dinner. I've got some local blueberry-infused honey for the pancakes. Ugh. And that's the end of this chapter. Good night, sleep tight.